Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand. You could never understand. Devised almost 200 years ago by a practical German baron, the bicycle has evolved into an urban staple. Beloved of children, Prized by inner-city commuters, it can be a lifesaver when summer smog chokes the nation. And that's from the Globe and Mail, Canada, 6th of June, 2006. It. You were riding down that old highway thanks to a. I've got to say, I'm not too sure if that's uh, what that is, a practical German baron. <laughs> <laughs> you don't run into them very often, or hopefully, you should never run into one of them. You're listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show here on Radical Radio 3CR. 855 on the AM dial if you're listening in the transistor in the kitchen. You might be podcasting it later in the week or you're streaming it from the 3CR website. We've got a big show coming up. We've got a fair bit of news and events coming up today to keep you up to date on what's happening in the cycle world around Melbourne. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. A catch-up on that, on America. I think that's about all we need to say. (laughs) Uh, Good morning, Faith. Good to see you. Good morning, Val. And a lovely ride in? It was a bit, uh, I thought it was going to be nice and cool, but it was a little bit, it's a bit humid. So yeah, it's yeah. warmer, deceptively warm, you know. I was expecting the barometer to have a dive after yesterday, but no, it's held its ground. Yeah, um, yeah. The, um, it's beautiful weather to ride a bike in. And I, I did notice a, another detour in Napier Street, just south of Johnson. North of Johnson, sorry. Um, that's it's near their roundabout, you know, where the there's a cafe on the corner. Um, anyway, it's um, there's always a detour there lately, so it's oh yes, yeah, now we to, yep something to factor in. It's only one block. You mean I can't go down my normal route? <laughs> <laughs> 
There, um, it is a, there, <clears throat> a topic that we're going to be talking about. Actually, there's uh, a lot of construction going on around Melbourne, mm. so I think uh, we'd better get used to these. Everybody's getting used to the detours, so maybe you can see a part of Melbourne you've never seen before. Yep, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> uh, not. But let's uh, let's kick off with our favourite segment: yours and my bike moments. When that essential little part of bicycle world. I had a, a bike moment. It was more than a moment. Um, I got the opportunity to ride the newish Yakandanda to Beechworth Rail Trail. Ooh! And so that was uh, that was good. Yep. Yep. That was. Um, there's the first section from Yakandanda up to the roundabout is pretty much parallel to the road. It's a bit of a roller coaster. Um, very hard to get momentum because you're, you're going uphill but also up and down uh, in and out of all these gullies. Ah, yeah. Um, once you pass the roundabout, it settles down to that sort of rail trail gradient um, and you get to – it's only a little bit away from the road but it is a little, quite pretty. And I think it's – I've forgotten the name, Woogery or something like that. Anyway, at that point, it turns down some – Gorgeous gravel roads. There's a path adjacent to the roads. Ah, yeah. Um, absolutely stunning. And heads off into the paddocks and you join the old railway proper embankment. Ah. And that's beautiful and shaded and all the way into Beechworth. Ah. That was, uh, yeah. A fair good. bit of history up there too. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it makes – so – Traditionally, you'd catch the train to Wangaratta and ride the Murray to Mountains Rail Trail up to Beechworth. Yep. So now you can come down this side to Yakandanda. <laughs> and eventually there'll be stages built to Barranduda and Wodonga. Yep. So you, then you could get back on a train or you could ride to Talangada and Shelley on the other rail trail. Don't tell me we're going to link all these things up. <laughs> well, it, I don't know how long the next few stages are going to take. <laughs> but, I mean, it's all there in a PDF. It's laid out. Um, hopefully it's not too long, but um, it's it's a nice little ride. You know, we went up, had lunch in Beechworth, and then enjoy the downhill down. It was about 26 kilometres up. Yep. And um, 26 back down. There's one small section that's still you have to go on the road and it's at the roundabout yeah. and it's a road where people are doing 100. There are quite wide shoulders. Um, they they are a bit full of debris. Yeah. And um, it's a Vic Roads road, so the local council weren't sure they would sweep it. But um, – the excavators were there and lots of people working on building an underpass, so hopefully that opens I really soon. I've got to say, it's a long time since I've ridden on a 100k road. I'm not sure whether I'd be ready to go. Anyway. Well, going up was fine. It was still, it was probably just after nine in the morning, um, and it is a very wide shoulder. Yeah. Like, you're more than a metre away from oh, yeah. You know, um, and there was very little traffic. Coming down, there was a lot more traffic and a lot of truck traffic, so it did. Not feel as good, but it was, and there was a lot of debris in the lane. So, yeah. you know, but it looks like this underpass will be open pretty soon. Ah, that's yeah. good. Another thing, the market, if you need a, a nice, you're going to call it a day trip, two yeah. day trip, if you want to make it a little bit, make it a loop. Yep, no, make it a loop. Lots of, um, 
little gravel roads and that so you can um, extend it out. So I think you can also, there's a couple of gravel options down from Beechworth to Yak, so you could make that into a loop. You yeah. don't want to come down the same way you went up. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Um, look, to stay on the um, history thing, it's um, it's an interesting exercise down at Second Chance. We obviously get a lot of bikes that have either sat in people's sheds for, I'm going to say, a long time. <laughs> at, um, and finally, they, they end up, um, you know, well, they don't all end up, obviously, at Second Chance Cycles. But we had something come in the other day and, um, you know, my little interest in actually uh, cycling brands and so, not so much in the brands, but actually the history of how they rise, they fall. Um, a bike came in with a complete group set of a old Italian manufacturer called Gali, which, you know, you very rarely see anymore. And... Um, it was fascinating looking at it and looking. So this is the late sixties, early seventies. I'm not sure when they finished production. I know the firm itself uh, made stuff for Campagnolo under um, license for them. But just looking at this group set, and there was no, there's no frivolous design about them. But they've got this, and I suppose as a bias in me, you know, uh, looking at it from this time, but just actually the marriage of simple, and I'm going to say elegant design and functionality, it's really quite fascinating to see. It just, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's really just a, an interesting thing to look at something like that and realise, God, in a lot of things, we've just gone backwards. Mm. Um, it was just stunning, functional but stunning. And uh, it was a nice little, I'm going to say, it's one of those little post-it notes in bicycle history. He was a manufacturer who were quite big in their day. Um, but as we know with uh, Modern World... All brands get eaten up after yep. a while. Um, I'm not sure. I should I should have done a bit of history on them and researched about what happened to them in the end. But uh, it was just an interesting look at actually how we used to have a lot more parts manufacturers. Mm. And a lot of them reflect actually the, I'm going to say, the design zeitgeist of that time. Um, Zeus from Spain actually probably reflects the same thing as well. But here it was, whole thing on a bike and still functional. Wow. In 2023. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, glory, glory me. <laughs> Nostalgia isn't what it used to be. <laughs> now, we're going to step into... Some news. Some news. Yes, there's a fair bit of news here, so <laughs> buckle up and get ready. I guess first up, the news is that uh, it's subscriber month, this, month at 3CR. Yep. So uh, 3CR relies on the support of its listeners to stay on the air, and that is primarily by subscribing that you can do that. Um, we heard at the start of the show how 3CR provides a voice for those who often don't find it elsewhere. So... Um, that, and that's an example of that is a, a show about 
cycling around Melbourne. <laughs> There's not many of them. I, I would think that we're speaking in the singular now, faith, not the plural. Um, I, I think there might be one other. But, um, yeah, so subscribing to 3CR, you can dial 94198377. You can SMS 0488809855. Or you can go to 3cr.org.au slash subscribe um, and help keep independent radio on the air. And go, and if you've got a friend whose birthday's coming up, a yeah, good example, buy a, of buy a present, buy a subscription to 3CR. Yeah. Just, it was interesting, I was listening to um, Bernie Sanders the other day, and he's running a campaign. A lot of local newspapers in America have just died. Mm, so, like acts like here, like so. The only way people pick up news is either a national news, which has nothing to do with their local area. And I'm going to segue from that into one of Noam Chomsky's great sayings is, if you want to know what's happening in your local area, listen to your local radio. Listen to your community radio. And 3CR's been going for a long time now, and to keep going, we do rely on subscriptions. So put your hand in your skyrocket and subscribe to 3CR. Now, on to some news and all happy news today. No, says Faith. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so we, we have finally had um, our last show. We had John Simons from Bike West in the studio, and unfortunately it was uh, immediately after the death of Angus Collins on the Footscray Road bike path. Um, there's finally been a statement released by the state government um, about that incident, uh, we'll put a link up with the podcast. It basically says that in the they're working on long-term arrangements which could include controlling the timing of turning vehicles and cyclists using traffic signals. I mean, yeah. rocket science. Um, in the meantime, there are additional watch for cyclists static signs have been installed on top of the ones that are already there. Um, an electronic sign directed at people walking and cycling to watch for turning traffic and traffic controllers are on site to assist in managing the interaction of track traffic turning into Dock Lane Road, Dock Link Road and cyclists using the Footscray Road cycling path. There's been a lot of reports on social media um, about the traffic controllers um, who often seem to be just standing around looking at their phones. But um, we'll put a link to that up on with the podcast and hopefully there'll be something more substantive soon about how they plan to improve safety for people using those, um, having to use the Footscray road bike path. Um, there was also an article written by John Simons, who was our guest. It's published on the Victoria university website and it's, we'll put a link up to that too, because it's a really interesting argument about, um, safe systems. Yeah. And, um, John uses the way it's done in Sweden, which is what he's familiar with, um, and discusses that and the fact that, you know, in Victoria we have in theory adopted that, but it doesn't um, often seem to play out on the ground and get implemented. And I guess, you know, it reminds me of that Dutch approach, which is that people will – 
make mistakes. So you need to design your road and path system so that when they do, the consequences are not as catastrophic. Yeah. Um, and that's something, you know, that you would think in an intersection with signals you, you should be able to do. Yeah. Um, so we'll put a link up to that um, so you can take a look at it. Um, it's a good read. Yeah. Um, just on that, it was interesting to see um, Alison McCormack, um, Bicycle Network, pointing out that actually a lot of this got revised in 2021 and she points out we've done nothing with it. Um, so it's interesting to see. I mean, there were the mechanics putting you to actually um, to look at these sort of situations and quite a big review done in 2021, but actually we've just left it as a review and um, not done anything with it. Well, and even when um, this build is underway, this construction site, there are um, reviews of these situations and a risk assessment is done, done and, and someone has decided yeah. that this this was okay. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a, um, uh, seems astonishing, but anyway. Um, and in happier news, just briefly. Oh, I'm sorry about that crack. I'm, I'm, <laughs> if I could retract it. Uh, no, <laughs> you, yeah. Um, the 10th Melbourne bike rave was held on Saturday. So it's <laughs> looked like an amazing party and it is, um, it is good to see spontaneous grassroots events like Melbourne Bike Rave yep. going strong ten years later. Fill me in. I don't. <laughs> oh no, I don't. I'm, I'm, I must have. In my dotage, it's passed me by. <laughs> it, it's not advertised in the Herald Sun, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bike Rave um, was started ten years ago. I can't remember everyone who was involved. Gerard Swindle certainly was. Uh, sort of a, a group of people who were also involved in Melbourne Bike Fest and a few oh, other events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and everybody, there's a, 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 a DJ creates a playlist. Yep. Everybody downloads it uh, and hits yes. play at the same time. S- yeah, yeah. You go for a bike play. Yep. ride, playing the music. There are stops along the way. Um, people dress up. It's a rave. Yep. The theme this year was monster. The monster rave, monster yep. mash. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a really good fun time on a bike. Yeah. And look. Um, Good to see we haven't highlighted the Melbourne Naked Bike Ride went along the other week with yep. a big crowd again, yep. which is great. Another, another event that's going strong. 18 years old, the Melbourne World Naked Bike Ride is. I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I do remember it used to be held in a cooler time of the year. Oh, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, summer is serving them well. Um, I'm going to just – oh, God, it's 20 mm. past. Obliquely, I've got a lovely people who publish a bike calendar – I mean a dog calendar in my local park and um, they'd always have the um, World Naked Bike Ride highlighted for the date and the tag on it was Go Val Go. <laughs> I, I think I was the only human being mentioned in the, in the dog calendar. And then, unfortunately, two years ago – no, it's a year ago – it was there again – 
naked bike ride, but the tag underneath it was, no, Val, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a hilarious history, actually, that bike ride. Um, look, just uh, serious matters, uh, changes to road regulations about distraction in cars. Um, the whole touching of devices, obviously, it's got to keep up with... Um, the way how quickly things innovate, whereas you're touching a watch or touching a screen, L platers and P platers completely banned from it, I think, and a big investment on cameras to pick up people touching their phones or texting while they're driving, um, and a figure that often gets um, quoted in these situations: about sixteen percent of fatalities on Victorian roads, driver distraction. Yeah, and fatalities are. Going up, yeah, so not, yep. yeah, that's, that's not um, changing. Yeah, um, one um, project coming up, yep, that we could talk about is the um, Brunswick Elevated Rail, yes, project, the LXRP project that's planned through Brunswick because I think, um, that you know, it's a it's happening in Marybeck, but it's on a route that is used by people from all over the Everywhere. inner north. Yeah. So it has, um, I think, interest to a wide range of people. So this is where the railway line from Moreland Station down to Royal Park will be raised up yep. to Skyrail. It's, um, if we could skip ahead five years, it'll be brilliant. It will mean that that extremely narrow, crowded, shared pedestrian and cycling path alongside the upfield will now have separate pedestrian and bike riding paths. Um, but it's going to have – it's going to be really painful to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, the upfield will be closed for lengthy periods – and the train won't be running for lengthy periods. And unfortunately, and this is sort of symptomatic in Victoria where we, we don't have a great network of um, safe cycling infrastructure, we rely really heavily on the occasional bit. So when something happens that shuts it down... There's no alternative. There's no alternative. Mm-hmm. People use the upfield because they're separated from traffic. It's heavily used by school kids travelling independently to Brunswick Secondary College by families getting to several kindergartens, the swimming pool, the library, RMIT and other Sydney, the Sydney Road School and um, a couple of other things like that in the area. And um, so finding alternative routes for those people to use for the interim where they're going to be separated from traffic and where they're going to have the same sort of safe crossings when they need to cross main roads. Because over the years, what happens if you have a route lots of cyclists and pedestrians use, then when you get to a busy road they need to cross, either there's some lights or if it's not that busy, there's a median strip so you can wait in the middle. There's all these small things are made to smooth those crossings and make them safer. Whereas if you suddenly move people to a route 50 or 100 metres further east or west of that, yeah. you don't have those interactions at those crossings. No. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a real challenge to find a way 
that people can still safely move around. It's going to impact people, I suspect, in Coburg, yeah. Faulkner and Pasco Vale more than people in Brunswick. Yeah. Because if you're already in Brunswick... You can... You you have your other little shimmy routes. Unless you're very close to the upfield, you don't ride to the upfield no. and use it to go south. You you yeah. have your other... But if I'm commuting from north of Bell Street, that bike path is, yeah. you know... And everybody that uses that aren't going to use Sydney Road, although it starts to look like the only alternative. It's the only equivalent direct yeah. north-south route. Um you would have to put temporary bollards in to create that separation from motor vehicle traffic. Yep. I think um, Victoria Walks have done some research. So in the Brunswick end of uh, Sydney Road, 80% of people get there by walking, public transport or cycling. Yeah. So – and there's a huge number of car parks available behind Sydney Road. So only 20% are driving. Um so losing the car parks on Sydney Road, they're a very small percentage of the overall parking available. Yeah. But it would mean, because it's not only about commuters moving through, people use the upfield all day to get to those local shops and services because they won't ride on Sydney Road. Yeah. So if they no longer have that option, a big chunk of that 80% of visitors to Sydney Road is going to stop yeah. coming because they, they won't have... The, the, an alternative that's easy, direct, and safe. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of other issues about how you manage the crossings where the uphill crosses roads. Um, all the local policy says that pedestrians and cyclists should have priority at those crossings. Um, but we know that the elevated rail projects are about prioritising the movement of motor Gosh. vehicles. So mm-hmm. how do we manage that? Um and there's obviously going to be a lot of issues to do with construction for businesses and people closer to the upfield. But a huge project, um, if you want to know more details about it or be advised when there is consultation and submissions, Google Merrybeck Conversations Brunswick Elevated Rail. There's a few buttons you can press to make sure you get um, – alerts at different points during consultation Um, and we'll also put the link in with um, the the podcast. We should slide on to events because we've got a few. Critical Mass, Rebirth, Mark 2. Critical Mass, the Franco Cotso Footscray edition, not the Franco Cotso Brunswick one. Um, That's happening this Friday, the 24th. We'll put a link up to the Facebook event, but we'll be starting again from the State Library and this one will really be focusing on those problems in the West that we discussed with John Simons and that have been highlighted by the death of Angus Collins. And just a note, actually, it's 5 o'clock at the State Library, not 5.30, so don't be late because (laughs) they will go without you. (laughs) Um, also coming up on the 5th of March is a Lazy Sunday Ride with the Vintage Cycle Club. This will be featuring a fascinating historical um, information on the Richmond and Hawthorne area led by Tony Wheeler. It's open to anyone on any bike. You don't have to have a vintage bike. 
meeting at 10.15am at 131 Brighton Street, Richmond, and uh, they'll depart at 10.30 for a local tour of about 20 kilometres, finishing back at the start for tea and cake. Wonderful event. It'd be a wonderful event, and if you... Or if a historical note, like we've been talking yeah. about, that is a ride you should be going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all we have time for today. Ah, there we oh. go. <laughs> what a rush. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe. It is important. We 3CR run this once a year, um, and it's yep. important that actually we get subscribers in. And I think I'm not too sure of the figures. I think once people subscribe, they continually, year after year, keep doing it. And as Faith said, it's important that the unvoiced, the silent amongst our communities get heard. Now, coming up next is... Another example of some of the brilliant music you'll hear on 3CR. Exactly. Well put. Take care. We'll be back in two weeks' time. And up next is a she-bop. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.